the 16th episode of the podcast F4. We're calling it that since it's easier to say than food and frightening film fanatics. Welcome, Michelle. Welcome. Thanks for joining us this week. A few announcements before we begin. We're now on iTunes and Stitcher. Please give us a five-star rating. We need all the help we can get. And we're also on Twitter at Food and Fright. This week, we're reviewing the REC series, that's R-E-C, and that is short for record, as in the record button on a camera. There are four Spanish movies in this series, and an American remake, and then a sequel to that. In the order in which they were released, uh, the first one is REC, 2007. It's a found footage film. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. It was directed by Jamie... Bulaguro and Paco Plaza. They also wrote the screenplay along with Luis Badejo. And I'm sorry I screwed up those names, I'm sure. Uh, the second movie was Rec 2 from 2010, also directed by the same two people. The third one was Rec 3 Genesis from 2012 that was directed by Plaza. The fourth one was Rec 4 Apocalypse from 2015 and that was directed by Bella... Jerho, and the fifth one, the American remake, is called Quarantine. That's from 2008. That stars Jennifer Carpenter and is directed by John Eric Doddle, D-O-D-D-O-W-D-L-E, and a screenplay by him and Drew Doddle. Um, And really, it's not much of a screenplay, as you'll see. It's really just a slight revision of the original wreck. And then the last movie in the series, at least as of now, is Quarantine 2 Terminal, and that stars Mercedes Mason, and you may remember her from Fear of the Walking Dead. And it was written and directed by John Pogue, P-O-G-U-E. So six movies total in the series. Where to find these movies? Well, they used to be on Hulu, and that's where I first saw them. So Hulu still says in the indexing that it has Rec, Rec 2, and Rec 4, but when you click on them, it says the movies have been pulled. So I wish they would, you know, get it together and take them off the index if they're not there. Uh, The four Spanish movies in the first quarantine are also available on Amazon. Only Rec 4 is free to members. And then you'll also, you also can view them on YouTube movies. But beware if you order Rec. It says that it's Spanish with English subtitles, but it's not. It's dubbed in English. They lied? They really lied. And it's dubbed in English and it sucks. Because I wanted to watch the Spanish version with the English subtitles. And instead you have people just, you know, their voice, the English voice over what the actors are doing. And it really just takes you completely out of the movie. So I'm not the only one that's unhappy about it. In the comments, lots of people complaining because they paid $4 for it. And that's not what they wanted to see. So beware. We're going to have to call the Better Business Bureau. We are. Well, people are trying to get their money back. Better Movie Bureau. (laughs) That's good. Better Movie Bureau. Okay, Rotten Tomatoes scores. The first rec, critics gave it an 88%. Audiences gave it an 82%, so that's pretty high. Yeah. The second one, critics gave it a 68%. Audiences gave it a 60%, so it's going down. The third one, critics gave it a 42%. Audiences gave it a 28%. The fourth one, had a bit of a rebound with critics and that critics gave it a 71 but audiences gave it a 34. 
So that follows the usual pattern that we see with remakes. Really, really good. Slightly worse, slightly worse, slightly worse. Bottom of the barrel. Um, and then Quarantine, the American remake, critics gave that a 57. Audiences gave that a 44. So you can see that people really didn't like that as much as the original Spanish one. And then Quarantine 2, critics gave it a 75. And audiences gave it a 34, which is a very big difference in opinion. Um... I'm not sure what that big difference is. Uh, I actually liked it, uh, if you take it for what it's worth. So, I'm not sure. Anyway, the plot. So, here's the basic plot of the movies. The first wreck is a film crew, which is reporter Angela and cameraman um, Pedro, follow a Barcelona fire squad as they respond to an apartment building where they think an older woman is sick and has fallen. Uh, they spend the first couple of minutes talking to the people in the fire squad so you can get, you know, used to their characters. And then after that, they go on the call. So they go to this apartment building. Most of the people that live in the small apartment building are downstairs in the lobby. And that's because the woman is so loud that they just all went down to the lobby. And then, very quickly, all hell breaks loose. So people become feral like zombie creatures. The building is sealed off. And the police threaten to shoot anyone who tries to escape, or even if they look out the windows, they'll shoot them. And so the people inside don't know what's going on. They're trying to dodge all of these people that are quickly turning into zombies. Um, they end up looking. So they are trying, the only escape they can think of is there's like a little textile place next door that there's a door to. They, a couple of people get out of that. And then they're going to try to find the key to get down into the sewer system to escape. Uh, but it sounds like the key is in the top floor attic apartment where no one has lived for quite some time. Uh-oh. Yep, uh-oh. How are the zombies? Are they good zombies? Yeah, yeah, these are good zombies. I love a good so zombie. The first, the first good zombie is the older woman. And you see her from down the hall and you just see her outline. And the police, that's the first woman they're trying to help. The police come. They're like, oh, we're going to help you. You're not in danger. But she's in her nightgown, but she's covered in blood. That should be like the first sign that something really bad's going to happen, don't you think? They're international zombies? Well, this is in Spain. Yeah, they're international. Yeah. So, uh, so that's the first one. Then there's another good one when a little girl turns into a zombie and she goes like crazy. And then the rats. The rats are also zombie rats, so the rats might shoot out of the wall at you. And then at the towards the end of the movie, they have to turn the night vision feature on on the camera, uh, and that's a really cool uh, scenes too. <clears throat> and we'll get into that a little bit later. But that reveals even more uh, terrors, and it's right at the end of the movie. So that's the first wreck. Then the second wreck picks up 15 minutes after the first movie. More people enter the building in an attempt to figure out what's going wrong. Uh, a health inspector says the virus is something similar to rabies. And we learn later, here's where it goes off the rails slightly, we learn later that it's a virus that causes demon possession. Say uh -oh. what? Say what? Say what? How does that work? I have no idea, even though that's what they said. So we'll roll with it for right now. And then Guzman, a character from the second movie, rescues Angela from the first movie. And then that's the conclusion of Rec 2. Rec 3 Genesis, I'm not sure why it's called Genesis. It's not a prequel. And it happens at the, supposedly at the same time as Rec 2. It abandons the found footage format, which I really liked in this series, 
after the first couple of minutes, and instead it turns into a horror comedy about a couple whose wedding day goes horribly awry. <laughs> the only correlation between this and the other films is that an uncle got bit by the dog of the little girl from the first wreck. And the dog the dog was sick. He, he The father took him to the vet, and there that dog infected a whole bunch of other animals. And then... Uh, We'll see more about that later, but basically then one of those bit the guy, and then you can tell what happened. It's not a horrible movie. I thought it was a pretty good movie, but it really doesn't belong in this universe. I don't know why you make two movies, scary movies about demon possession zombie, then all of a sudden decide to do a horror comedy about a couple getting married. Yeah. But anyway, so that's the third one. Then the fourth one is called Wreck 4 Apocalypse. And again, the found footage format's abandoned at the first few minutes. You'd think with a name like Apocalypse, big things are going to happen. But nope. You mm. would be wrong. <laughs> um, Angela, remember her from the first movie? She's back. And some old woman who we've never heard of before who supposedly slept through the wedding in Wreck 3 is also with her. And they are taken aboard a tanker that's out in the middle of the ocean and there, scientists are trying to experiment on them to find an antidote to this virus. Um, all the military's there. Obviously, this is a bad idea. And what does this have to do with anything? I don't know. But there's a infected monkey, and this is horrible CGI at this point. He gets loose and attacks somebody, and it's all healed, downhill from there. Angela turns into a character similar to Alice from Resident Evil. So she's a kick-ass character. She's trying to stay alive. You know, she's running around all of this stuff. I won't give away the ending, but except to say it leaves the door open for a sequel at the very end, but it's they need to take a different direction. In my opinion, they should follow the format of the first two and give us something else that's similar to that because, I, you know, I already watched Resident Evil. I don't need to watch it again. In Spanish. Again, you need to write in to the writers or producers or everybody. Well, I don't think they're going to make any more, supposedly, after their four, but who knows. They could always do American Remake, which leads us to Quarantine. So Quarantine is basically a shot-by-shot remake, but this time it's done in English and with less finesse than the original. It stars, well, I already said it stars uh, Jennifer Carpenter. Do you remember her from Dexter? She was Dexter's yes. sister. Yes, I do. So I liked her in that. Not so much in this. The film crew, again, reporter Angela and this guy, time the cameraman's name Scott. They follow the, a fire squad again into the building. This time there's a vet living in the building. And after looking at the infected people, he thinks that it's a form of rabies. And the CDC sends in a guy to take blood samples. The finale is different, slightly. And that instead of the demon possession angle, a doomsday cult has created a virus called the Armageddon virus, and they plan to destroy the world with it. And they were experimenting on rats in the building, and the rats got loose and then infected some more of the people and the dog and all that stuff. So Jennifer Carpenter, like I said, I liked her in Dexter, but here she just irritated me to no end. I mean, they, yes, I'm sure... The part called for her to be hysterical, but there's hysterical, and then there's over, an actress. Over dramatic. Oh, yeah, an actress 
pretending to be hysterical, and that's what we got into. I, I wanted to bite her face off myself, to be honest. I, I, I watched it again this morning, and I just, uh, yeah, it was it was too much to deal with. I need to tone it down a notch. Calm down, Jennifer. And that poor cameraman, he was like, calm down, calm down, follow me. I'm like, you should just beat her to death with your camera. The other thing that took me out of this movie is that the the first wreck had unrecognizable, at least to me, characters, so that made it seem more real in terms of found footage movie. This movie has several people who are very recognized, including Dennis O'Hare from American Horror Story. Remember him? Mm-hmm. Greg Gurman, who's been in a bunch of stuff, but he was also an Alan McBeal. Everybody knows him. And then Maren Hinkle, who was Two and a Half Men, but also plays the mother in The Fabulous Miss Maisel. Yes. So all of these people, I'm like, well, there's actors, so this is, you know. You need to find people that aren't recognizable if you're going to do a found footage movie. Because the whole point is everybody died, and then you have this film to watch. But anyway, so on to Quarantine 2. You've heard of Snakes on a Plane, and we've talked about that before when we talked about When Animals Attack. This is Zombies on a Plane. Oh. So a plane leaves L.A., um, and it has a guy who, a a teacher who boards with a carry-on that has hamsters in it from his school class. I'm like, do they let you carry hamsters on in a carry-on? It's your personal animal you're allowed on now. I guess, your support animal? Support animal. Your emotional support animal. Well, anyway, this guy tries to help him put up the carrier, and he gets bit by one of them, and then he gets sick, and then he gets extremely violent, and all hell breaks loose while the plane is in midair. They're trying to tackle him. All sorts of craziness happens. He bites the side of one woman's face off. They make an emergency landing, but when they land, they get locked inside a terminal by the authorities because the authorities have seen what's happened in that apartment building. And they're like, these people cannot get out of here. So the people are all trapped in there together in like a baggage area in an old terminal trying to get away from everybody as they turn into zombies. Uh, and oh, and one of the pilots mentions at the beginning that he he doesn't look too good when the show starts. And he says he got a cold from his dog and that all the dogs in his neighborhood are sick. That's a reference back to the dog from the first apartment building where I think Max the dog the little girl's dog that got took to the vet that infected all the animals. That's the tie into that. And then they end up, uh, a couple of people come in from Homeland Security to try to do uh, a virus or, or something, um, drug test, and it turns out they tell them the same thing that we found out from the first quarantine, that terrorists have developed a biological weapon and that they were experimenting on animals and people. So even though it got not such great reviews, I kind of liked it. I don't know if I was just in a better mood. Uh, Jennifer Carpenter wasn't there to irritate the hell out of me. I don't know. But uh, I I liked it. Sounds fun. Yeah. So why should you watch these movies? I think The First Wreck is one of the best examples of found footage films out there. And I typically don't even like found footage films. So the most commonly recognized ones, of course, are The Blair Witch Trial and uh, Cloverfield, and even Cannibal Holocaust. I'm typically not a fan of the genre, but I really, really like the first Wreck movie. And, of course, as found footage, it puts you in a first-person perspective with what the cameraman sees. The long camera shots down the long hallways in the building when the power goes out, and zombies come running, screaming directly at the camera, those are great. 
uh, and poor Pedro, <laughs> poor Pedro's trying to fight them off and film them at the same time. And the action is frenetic. The building is claustrophobic and there's chaos everywhere. So even though I don't like found footage, one of my favorite types of movies is where people are all trapped together. Sounds so, perfect. Yeah. So, so that's one, definitely one reason you should watch it. I guess I, when I watch these movies, I do think though, why is this person filming this? They're about to die. Shouldn't they drop the camera and run, run screaming away? But then we wouldn't have a movie. So in Wreck, they try to cover this up a little bit by Angela telling Pedro he has to film everything so that they'll have a record of what happened in the building. And in Quarantine, Scott wisely uses the camera to bash the head in of a zombie at one point. So I'm like, yeah, I guess you could use your camera as a weapon. So that's a good idea. Uh, Wreck is often listed on the best of horror lists. I've seen it on many, many lists. Uh, the second film is also good. But I'm not particularly thrilled about the demon possession virus focus. It's, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm just not into it. But it's still worth a watch. The third movie is okay, like I said, in its own right. But I just don't think it goes with the other ones. And don't even bother watching the fourth movie. The American movies really should be judged separately. Because my guess is most people saw the American movies and not the Spanish ones. I'd like to say I hate them. But I can't. If I had not seen the Spanish ones first, I would still like them just fine. As I've said, though, it's, it is irritating. But, hey, what are you going to do? And also, they don't have any sound in these any um, soundtracks in these movies. So there's no hinting at a jump scare, which is great. I wish all movies did that. I just want things to happen. I don't want the music to lead up to letting me know all things are going to happen. Right. Um. But, yeah, what else is I going to say? Oh, the other thing. So, the only sounds are like what's happening in the building, but when the people get close in quarantine, get close to the window, there's sirens outside and also a helicopter. But the helicopter goes on every time they go in a room. I'm like, the helicopter's not been in the air for two hours. So, just leave it with the sirens and cut down on the helicopter action because it's just... It, it's irritating at some point. There's plenty of sirens outside and stuff going on. But I thought that was very noticeable. And also, one of my gripes is, if you have seen the quarantine trailer, you know what the last scene of the movie is. I seriously wish they would stop doing that because they're ruining the movie for everybody. I, that's one of the most famous scenes, and now that scene actually has become a part of many, many horror movies at this point. But... Stop making trailers that include all the best parts of the movie. I think you can get the people to go see the movie without giving away vital plot information. What do you think? I think so. Because it just ruins it. Because I'm like, oh, here's a scene. Oh, that's the final scene of the movie. How nice. You're the authority. Um, and then the other thing people sometimes complain about, which I seriously don't have a problem with, if you are watching the Spanish movies and you don't speak Spanish you're going to have to watch the subtitles. Again, I have no problem with that whatsoever. So trivia, are you ready for trivia? Yes, my favorite part. We got a couple of things. There aren't as many as usual on here, of course, uh, given that uh, these were made in Spain, but we got a few things. So the woman who plays Angela, Manuela Velasco, is actually a TV personality in Spain. So she's pretty much doing 
minus the zombies, what she normally does, I guess. Uh, Wreck was originally slated to go straight to DVD, but it, when they started previewing it, people liked it so much they gave it a theatrical re release. I'm not sure how much money it made. I think I read someplace it made $2 million, and then Quarantine made $12 million, but you can bet Quarantine was a lot more expensive to make. Oh, doesn't so. sound like they cashed in on these movies. Well, if the, I don't think... Low budget? It depends on how much, yeah. Depends on Low how budget. much money they spent. Yeah. The first rec movie was only 70 minutes long. And in fact, one of the alternate titles was uh, 70 minutes. Quarantine added a little bit of extra time to it, including an extended firehouse scene where she meets all the guys at the firehouse. I could have done without that. Mm -hmm. But I liked that the movie was short. It was really action-packed. Uh, there's nothing in the original movie I would cut. Wreck and Wreck 2 were filmed in the same apartment building. That's an actual apartment building. And there were no sets built for the movie. There's a good uh, comparison on YouTube that's called Wreck vs. Quarantine by YMS, which is Your Movie Sucks. So you guys might want to check that out. And then there's also a good video about the Explains the Armageddon Virus by Film Critics Explained. So you might want to check that out, too. They also do several other movies on other viruses from other horror movies. And um, I've said this before, but at some point, I don't know how the demon-possessed virus turns into a parasitic worm that infects Angela. And then, I, I don't know. But to me, that's a, that's a major plot hole. Start with... You know, start with the worm to start with, or start with the virus, but stick with it. The virus did not become a parasitic worm. Uh, I already said there's no music in this show, and you might know this guy, Michelle, I'm trying to think. Doug Jones. So Doug Jones played the affected man in quarantine when Angela and Scott went up to the attic. He has been on America's Got Talent. He played Fishman on Shape of Water. Shape of Water, oh, yeah. Gilman, Gilman on Shape of Water. I've never seen his real face. And lastly, oh, I gotta show you, a video. you already know this, Michelle. I don't know if everybody knows this. Jennifer Carpenter, as we said, played Deborah Morgan and Dexter, but also she was married to the guy who plays Dexter at Michael C. Hall. They were married from 2008 to 2011. <laughs> so you already knew that, right? I think so. Yeah, I think we talked about it. So, in conclusion, watch Wreck, watch Wreck 2. If you don't like subtitles, watch Quarantine and Quarantine 2. Forget the rest of them. Uh, but I do think you're missing out if you like zombies and you don't see Wreck, because it's a lot of fun. How exciting, zombies, yes. Yeah, you know, people keep saying the zombie genre's dead. But they never, go, they never I, get old. I never get tired of zombies, no. I don't know. And They're I'm also best. watching, just another plug, on Netflix, they just released, I think, Midnight Friday, Black Summer, which is the prequel to Z Nation, another zombie series. So I think I'm on episode four or five of that. Oh, that's, that's exciting. That's not a movie, but... That's exciting. Yeah, it's good. Good news. So what do you got for us uh, food-wise? Uh, well, I don't want anything prepared by a zombie or <laughs> with zombie parts in it. Well, hola, Jeanette. Oh, oh, I think I just put French and Spanish together. So, well, I mean, what else than paella? I, 
I mean, you can't go wrong with paella. It's a rice dish, and it's mixed with um, anything you really want to put in it, uh, seafood-wise, um, sausage. You add sausage. And so the history of paella, uh, Jeanette, you might ask that question. Well, yeah, I don't know anything about paella at all. I, didn't, I was going to ask you what it was because I had no idea. Well, it's uh, paella, P-A-E-L-L-A, and it's, um, it's a Valencian rice dish that has ancient roots, but its modern form originated in the mid-19th century in the area around Alburfera Lagoon on the east coast of Spain, adjacent to the city of Valencia. And it's uh, mainly, the main ingredient is, is white rice, and of course the origin is Spain, and um, we have a couple recipes that Jeanette will uh, pop on the, this uh, this week's show, and uh, enjoy. And it's it's beautiful, it's colorful. You can add um, herbs and spices to it as much as you want, as as less as you want. So is it usually rice and seafood? It's rice and seafood, mm, and it's it's a beautiful dish, and people tend to just really love it. It you can do a family style. Mostly, you just make a big, just a big tub of it and enjoy it with wine and some crusty bread, and you're all set. Well, that's making me hungry. All right. So. Yep. So I will um, attach those to the episode and then we will see you back here next week until then watch out for zombies and don't get locked any inside any buildings by the cdc and it looks like the cat behaved this week i know she's passed out on top of me thank goodness she didn't try to attack us like she normally does she must have liked the subject matter (laughs) she's probably tuckered out so everyone have a great uh weekend and we'll have a zombie free week we'll see you next week see you next week bye